My family was from South Vietnam. After the fall of Saigon, a lot of Southern Vietnamese had to flee. They were doing what they called re-education camps for Southern Vietnamese military soldiers. But those re-education camps were essentially concentration camps where if they went, they probably would have been killed. And my father at the time was in the military, so we had no choice but to flee. Hello, this is Jessica Jimeno, and you are listening to Flip Switch, the podcast and blog that helps teens and 20-somethings understand depression and bipolar disorder. What you just heard was part of Han's riveting story. Han is a Vietnamese-American woman. In a moment, we will return to her story. You'll hear how her family escaped the turbulence of Vietnam after the fall of Saigon. You'll also hear about her struggles with bipolar disorder and how Vietnamese and American cultures have impacted her ability to get help. Han's story is the first of several we are telling as part of Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. Congress first designated July as Minority Mental Health Awareness Month in 2008. My name is Han, and it's pronounced like Han Solo from Star Wars, and I am from Alexandria, Virginia. I am 30 years old. My official diagnosis is bipolar 2. Currently, I'm working as a marketing and communications coordinator at an architecture firm, but I also started my own business as a health and fitness consultant. I have a master's in forensic psychology. My family was from South Vietnam. We were actually from pretty far south, down in the Mekong, as south as you can get. After the fall of Saigon, a lot of Southern Vietnamese had to flee or wanted to flee because otherwise it, it would have been communist in South Vietnam as well. And they were also doing what they called re-education camps for Southern Vietnamese military soldiers. But those re-education camps were essentially concentration camps where if they went, they probably would have been killed. And my father at the time was in the military, so we had no choice but to flee. I was born in Thailand, but my mother was actually pregnant with me when she and my father and my two older sisters left Vietnam shortly after the end of the Vietnam War. We went to Thailand with a lot of other people by boat, ended up at a refugee camp in Thailand, which is where I was born. And we were there for about a year. And I was 10 months when we finally made it over to the US through a refugee sponsorship program. So the fall of Saigon was in 1975. And then your family came here to the US in 1981 and you were 10 months old at the time. Yes, that is correct. What is your earliest memory of depression? I was probably about eight or nine years old. I've always had long hair. My hair has always been long. And I don't know if I wanted to cut it or if my mom wanted to cut my hair, but I got it cut. It was short. And everyone was standing around making fun of me because they weren't used to seeing me with short hair. And I was horrified. It was a bad haircut. I was crying. And I remember just crying for days, but not really understanding why I was so sad about a bad haircut because I knew it was going to grow back and it wasn't going to take long for it to grow back. I just remember being really sad and not wanting to go outside and not wanting to hang out with my friends and not wanting to see anybody because of this haircut. 
What is your earliest memory of mania? I probably didn't realize it at the time. I was in high school and had a long-term boyfriend and we got into an argument and my thoughts were just all over the place. I couldn't focus on what we were talking about at hand and it just went from topic to topic to topic and I couldn't stop. My thoughts just kept going and it was going in circles and then it was going on to things that didn't even have anything to do with what we started talking about in the beginning. He didn't know why I was so upset and why I was so angry and why I was so irritable and he didn't know what caused it because I think the argument was probably over something very insignificant. To be honest, I do not recall having that many happy memories from my childhood. I don't remember being a sad child. I didn't grow up in an abusive home in any way, but I just do not recall ever really being that happy. When did you first realize something was wrong? I think I've always known that something was wrong, but in high school I knew something was wrong because I had good grades, I was a straight A student, I was an athlete, I was social, I had friends, I had great friends, but I still felt that there was something missing and that there was something still felt awkward and just not as happy as I know that I should have been. And I, it felt more than just typical teenage angst that continued on through college. What happened in college? Being away from home made my moods and my depression worse because I was away from my family and I was away from a lot of my friends. So the depression just got worse. And rather than going to seek therapy or counseling in the beginning, I just self-medicated with whatever was around in college, which was drugs, alcohol, food, was cutting myself. And it was just, it was horrible. And it was just downhill. My grades in college were very mediocre. I know that I could have done better. Being a straight-A student in the National Honor Society in high school, my grades did suffer in college as a result of my depression and how I was handling it or not handling it. I did have suicidal thoughts when I was in college during what I would consider my worst depression stages. I never really acted on them. I did try to seek counseling, but my father's insurance company at the time would only limit you to so many sessions. And after that, I stopped going. And then I got antidepressants. And I didn't like the way they make me feel. And I gained a ton of weight. So I just stopped taking those too. Han, what values are most important to Vietnamese culture or Asian American culture? Values that are important to Vietnamese culture and Asian American culture, and I think this also carries across various other cultures, is family. We are very family-centered. Everything revolves around the family. We eat dinner together as a family. We always ate dinner at the table together, but it was never like picking up dinner and eating in front of the TV, or we ate the same food at the same time, always together as a family. And anything anyone would do that could shame or disgrace the family in any way it was looked down upon and it was something that would be swept under the rug. Everything was kept behind closed doors if it involved the family. How do you think being a racial minority in America affects one's willingness to get help? There are two things you have to deal with. One is the stigma alone of mental illness that is in the American culture and the other is dealing with the taboos of your own culture, like my Vietnamese culture, about sharing personal information with strangers. So they kind of go hand in hand, but you are faced with doing things that two different cultures are telling you you shouldn't talk about. Even though I knew I probably needed to get help, 
because of studying psychology, I was still faced with everything else, with family and the taboos and the stigma of actually going to get help. Tune in next week to hear Han's turning point, hear how she finally overcame cultural barriers to get a diagnosis and help for bipolar disorder, hear how her life was transformed. In part two of this interview, Han will also reveal tips for young people struggling with bipolar on how to talk to parents. Han will also give advice to parents on supporting a child with bipolar disorder. Before next week's podcast, you can always hear other podcasts and read my blogs on the Flip Switch page at www.bpkids.org forward slash flip switch forward slash podcast. Leave a comment. Be heard. Until next time, this is Jessica Jimeno signing off and saying thank you for listening to Flip Switch.